Meow! Exclamation mark. Why acting just like a cat will get people to come to you. <laughs> Stop. That's a real headline? On Cosmo. No. Meow. Meow. <laughs> Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, and like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. Let's redo that. <laughs> Our first episode in a little while that Don't we recorded it. No, a little happened. rusty. Wow, it's just the intro. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You're joining us here? You love romantic comedies? We do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? This week we have Legally, Legally Blonde. Blonde. And if you're listening to us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, throw a follow, subscribe, leave reviews so that more people can find us. And if you hear something that you want to reach out, you want to talk to us about, you have an opinion about something, Instagram's an easy way, at romcomrewind. You can email romcomrewind at gmail.com. Or um, we've got a TikTok. Jennifer reached out on our Instagram, said, uh, hello, first of all, congratulations on Baby Wells. Yeah, this is our first podcast recording since we had our baby boy. Wells was born on the 23rd of June. Yes. Yeah, he was. We're back. Jennifer says, so cute. Uh, just started listening to your podcast and loving it. Have a few friends listening to it now, too. Thank you so Woo-hoo. much. We should have like a, I don't know what we can give you, but we should have a referral system if you refer <laughs> people to the podcast. Because I know that's happened. Like, yes, there it has. Yeah. A few people have reached out mm-hmm. saying like, hey, like me and a few friends chat about the pod. So thank you. Uh, Jennifer goes on to say, thought of uh, a few, a fun one to review at some point, Sweet Home Alabama. We definitely need to find that one on the streaming service and get that one done. Maybe this summer. It's a good summer one, maybe. Close second. We are doing a Reese Witherspoon we movie are. today. So yes. maybe that'll hold you over until Sweet Home <laughs> Alabama. Although Jennifer and I might not hear this for a while because she's still listening through. She's on season, season two of two. our pod. Which is weird to think about that she started from the beginning. It might be months before she hears her own like thing on our pod maybe hello future jennifer <laughs> um she says keep up the great job you guys are awesome and congratulations again on becoming parents thank you so much jennifer thank you so legally blonde is a 2001 romantic comedy directed by robert luketek he would go on to do movies like uh killers which we've rewatched, monster in law stuff like that this is the story of l woods reese witherspoon a fashion merchandising student and sorority girl from South California. She's dating Warner Huntington III, played by Matthew Davis. Elle seems to believe that Warner is going to propose to her, but we learn that's not the case. Warner is going off to Massachusetts to study at Harvard Law School, and he is breaking up with Elle Woods because she doesn't fit this ideal partner if he intends one day to go into politics, is what he said. He needs like a Vanderbilt or a Kennedy or a, some kind of person with a historic last name or a strong family of some kind to fit his perfect mold. Undeterred by this, Elle Woods makes it her mission to go from being a fashion-obsessed SoCal sorority girl, and she wants to get into Harvard to prove to Warner that she is who he wants her to be. That is our lead-in for Legally Blonde. What are your thoughts on the movie? One of the reasons I wanted to come here tonight was to discuss our future. Of course. I plan on running for office someday. Warner. I think we should break up. What? Oh. <laughs> if I'm going to be a senator, I need someone serious. I'm seriously in love. 
love with you. God, I love this movie. Ugh. It is such a fun watch. It's a cult classic of the early 2000s for me. Like, hands down. Reese Witherspoon is iconic in this movie. And the writing is just so, so good. Everyone is perfectly cast. And it's just, like, such a good mix of a rom-com. Like, I... I because you get every aspect of it. Like, it's... It's a good plot it's a good watch and then you get a little bit of a romance in there and it's and then you get some laughs in there too because it's just so funny I just I love it this for me I know Reese has done so many fantastic fantastic movies but I think this is the role that she is best known for best known for now like off the top of my head now she's done some amazing movies is this her best movie I think it's her best character. Okay. Right? Like yeah. I I think she's a fun, she's a great actress and I think she's done some really fantastic movies like Wild, but I think this is her best role. This movie is a fantastic watch. It's um not to get too far ahead, but when we get to rewatchability, it's probably the highest rated rewatchability maybe this season actually. Wow. In season 3. An instant classic like you said. Yeah. I also like that it does age extremely well it does you know there are movies from the 2000s that i think back on and i'm like that was yeah. an amazing movie and then we've rewatched them on the pod and i'm like okay like i could poke some holes here yeah, and there bring it on like there's a few things yeah uh, you know what i actually think bring it on oh yeah there, there were a few were jokes a few that didn't, jokes that you're didn't right. hit you're right yeah that's yeah. a great example actually mm-hmm. because i think it's still a fantastic movie yes looking back though 2020 vision a few things i might change mm-hmm. this one though I still smile at all the jokes. Oh, I know me too. Even when you know the punchline. Like when we get to the the second spa scene, out loud I even said, I'm like, oh my God, this is the bend and snap. <laughs> and like I can say the whole scene word yeah. for word, but I still felt so <laughs> satisfied watching it again. Oh, it's just, it's, it puts me in such a good mood, this mm. movie. Oh, like, man. it started watching, and I was like, oh, even like the song to kick everything off, I was like, yeah, this is fantastic. It feels a lot like Clueless to me, now rewatching it later, because like the story doesn't really revolve around the relationship. The core concept of the movie is the story of Elwood's journey, just like Clueless was the story of Cher, and there was also a relationship in there. I, I think these two movies, although completely different stories, feel similar to me well interestingly it was nicknamed clueless goes to college by the critics oh really yes okay so mm-hmm. right on you're the... bang on here we go yeah well let's dive in okay so i don't know if you noticed this but in the opening scene they're most they're almost exclusively wearing pink every single person at the sorority at the sorority when she's biking towards the the sorority and she goes in every single person well and not to foreshadow you're going to get a deep contrast with going to the east coast and everything is gray everything's bland everything is kind of hogwarts professor style like <laughs> we're serious here <laughs> Yeah, we're serious lawyers. Like you mentioned in your synopsis, Elle Woods is going out with her boyfriend, Warner, who she thinks will propose tonight, except he ends up dumping her at dinner, saying he needs to stop dicking around. If I'm going to be a senator, well, I need to marry a Jackie, not a Marilyn. (laughs) So you're breaking up with me because I'm too blonde? Using that word, you know exactly what what, what he's talking about. You know exactly what he's looking for. Not a Marilyn Monroe, happy birthday, Mr. President, but a Jackie. Yeah. She goes into a little bit of a spiral after the breakup. And I have to say, can we can we play a little bit of a family feud game? Oh, sure, yeah. With the top five breakup snack foods or comfort foods. Oh, okay. So top five answers on the board. Yes. Ice cream. 
okay ice cream yes is is one is, is, is number one, one? um okay. i'm not it's no particular order oh no particular. yeah i'd say that's for sure a number one though i'm gonna say um it's number two um like uh chips no, actually, that wasn't on the list. Wow. Yeah. But like uh, chip adjacent, like Cheetos or... Um, no. What? It wasn't in the top five. Oh, my God. Okay, mm-hmm. ice cream. Yeah. Like brownies. No, but let's let's say anything chocolate. Okay, just chocolate in general. Yeah, it's chocolate in general. That's That was number one. Right, is cake on the list? No. Pies? No. Is it like generic Move. shit like candy? No. <laughs> what? I actually thought you'd get this, like the majority of them. Okay, I'm going to go through them. Pasta. So Pasta? carbs, carbs. Really? Pizza. Ice cream. And then this one threw me for a loop, and I didn't think you were going to get this one, but I did think you were going to get the other ones. Chicken noodle soup. It was a comfort food. Big, big comfort food thing. Yeah. So like if I can tell a very quick story, there was one time I broke up with a girl. We had been out drinking the night before, uh, so I was going to break up with her. Okay, I was like, you broke up with her and then went out drinking with no, her? No, 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 no. <laughs> so we were going to break up. We were drinking that night, and actually that night kind of solidified. I'm like, this has got to end. Oh I This is just not working out. As- aside, I knew it was also, it was that time of the month. Oh. A little bit emotional. She'd been drinking, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to break up with her, but I'm going to do her a solid I came with like two bottles of Gatorade. Oh my God. So I broke up with her and gave her the bottles of Gatorade because I'm like, you need to hydrate. You need some electrolytes. We're over, but like, hopefully this puts you in a good trajectory for the rest of the day. <laughs> it did not. I was going to say, what a gift to like get to receive when you're being broken up with. See, like, when I have been broken up with. Well, what gifts did you receive? Is, I is it received normal? no gifts. Okay. Right. So at least I'm helping you out a little bit. I don't want to receive a gift. The re- The gift that I'm receiving is not nice to begin with. So like trying to fill the void of like, here's some Gatorade to help you with your electrolytes. Like, I don't know how, how welcomed that is. See, if I was getting broken up with, I'd be like, hey, practical. Thank you. Horrible that I've been broken up with, but at least I can use this through the day. Like you're you're seeing it as like a positive takeaway, you know, like that's what you got out of the relationship. I'm seeing it the as the end of the relationship. I probably would have wanted to go to the corner store to get this anyway. So now it's just in my room. Thank you. Oh, my God. So the four dollars that you spent was everything. This should have been everything to her. Hey, two Gatorades. And it also wasn't a get one like 50 percent off the oh other one. God. That was full price for two Gatorades, Sarah. So generous, Devin. <laughs> so generous. Wow. What a generous man. After breaking up with a girl, a poor girl. You're welcome. Oh my God, I can't hey, believe I'm, you. I'm thinking about your hangover, all right? I'm putting some forethought into the breakup. At least I put some forethought into the breakup. I mean, maybe like some craft dinner mac and cheese with the electrolyte Gatorade, DM right? DM us on Instagram. Is Gator, like, like is Gatorade some or kind Powerade. Of, yeah. She's hungover and I'm breaking up with her. Is that an acceptable thing to do during a breakup at Rom-Com Rewind? No, no, I don't think so because, and and I'm going to continue this because (laughs) I, I, it shows that you care, but then you're breaking up with her. You're like, here, I care about you. By the way, we're over. Um, good luck with all your future endeavors. Yeah. Um, I tip my hat to you and then you walk on your way. Like, I just feel like it was, you showed you cared and then you're like, just kidding. I was just putting myself in her shoes. I'm like, well, I'd at least want a little bit of Gatorade. I mean, I would want a poutine. That's my go-to hangover food, but that's just me. That's what you want. That's not what you need, Sarah. Like, give me a you solid poutine. You want the greasiness. <laughs> oh, yeah. Greasy food all day, every day. 
So after Elle is broken up with, she's at a salon getting her hair and nails done with her girlfriends. And she has an epiphany. The only way to win Warner back, she decides, is to go to Harvard and become a lawyer. And she fully commits to this. She is studying for the LSATs. The other sorority girls come around. They like there are keggers going on and. She is, nope, she's hunkered down with all these books. She's studying for the LSAT because she needs a better than a 170, I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, And her parents don't even believe in her, saying that it's for boring people. (laughs) Going to Harvard is for, becoming a lawyer is for boring people. Are they they wrong, though? I mean, lawyers make a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. It's probably boring money. Ah, then again, Suits totally flipped the script on lawyers. The TV show Suits is was fantastic. Harvey Specter, he's not a boring man. No, oh, none of them are boring. I loved that show. Oh, you're beaming at the mention I, of Harvey Specter. Oh, he's gorgeous. <laughs> Calm down. <Yes>. Wow. <laughs> oh man. So she does take the LSATs. She does take the LSATs, and but before that, she also has to apply to Harvard. So she applies to Harvard, and she. Instead of writing an essay, she does a video essay. This is the best thing ever. It is the modern day sorority survivor casting video. That is what I have deemed it. Whoa, Mm -hmm. Sarah, I love that. Yes, yes. Like I have always, you know, wanted to do the the survivor or the um when you do the the amazing race. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like where you you have to do a video essay. Like this was new, I think, to Harvard admissions. The board of admissions is all men, and they are dying watching the video. Some love it. Some love well, to hate it. She does have a 4.0 from CULA, and she got a 179 on her LSATs. A fashion major? Well, sir, we've never had one before, and aren't we always looking for diversity? Her list of extracurricular activities is impressive. She was in a Ricky Martin video. Do you also have this in your quick facts that I read a lot of stuff that anybody who is involved in Harvard was just like, this is absolutely not <laughs> how we go through that process. Yes. All of that is wrong. Okay, you do have that? Good. All right. No, no, I don't actually. Oh, okay. But I mean, you can just kind of imagine. Like, yeah, they definitely don't do that. That's, there's not not, how they, that's not how they do their There's admissions. not eight dudes gathered around a TV like, all right, let's take a look at the VHS tape of this lady. You know, there's... And also was the diversity that she was a woman in a bikini or... I think blonde was also... Blonde, yeah. So Elle Woods is off. To Boston, or not to Boston, to Massachusetts, but she's off to Harvard. Yes, she is off to Harvard. And the day she gets there, she gets her little welcome thing, and then they get put into these little groups on the lawn, and she introduces herself in this little group. Um, This is also fantastic. She is a Gemini with her dog Bruiser, um, and they're, uh, sorry, Gemini vegetarians. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing she frames it as... I'm Elle Woods, and this is Bruiser, and we are Gemini <laughs> vegetarians. Yes. I love that. And immediately, everybody in this group just despises her. They hate her. Oh, absolutely. She is not one of us. She is some ditzy South California. Who's going to fail out within a month. Exactly. And everyone else has PhDs, masters, and her focuses on her astrology signs. <laughs> right. I find she's very naive and very... Um, forgiving and she's just such a lovely person that you know nothing gets to her like i've got such a question about this movie because 
she is extremely passionately focused. Yeah, I think she's it, smart too. It, like it, in in some ways, it leans into the whole like, oh, she's a dumb blonde. But in other ways, it's like, but no, she's not. Though. Yeah, yeah. She kind of has a lot of useless facts, and she has a lot of stupid hobbies. But she is <laughs> has uniquely powerful. Tell us motivation. how you really feel. <laughs> well, like, but 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 that's like the oh, she's a dumb blonde. But then she's. She studies and she's right. extremely smart. Right. And she understands things. She learns a lot more quickly than everybody. So I'm like, is this movie feminist or is it not feminist? Because they do break the mold. They do. The glass the... ceiling, right? That's right. A little bit. Yeah. I think it's hard to tell because I think there's there's people who would, who would be like, oh my God, I'm appalled by yeah. the portrayal of this blonde woman. Um, but then again, yeah, when she applies herself, she is in fact very smart and She's top of the class, knocks actually. everyone out. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it leans into the mold, but it also yes. breaks the mold at different times so it's kind of a hundred percent running a line between the two i think yeah agreed so Elle woods goes to her first class and on her way there she sees warner <gasps> yes and tells him that she goes here too and he can't believe it in the class she was supposed to do a reading ahead of time which i don't think she even has her books at this point or a laptop and the professor calls on her to answer a question and she doesn't know because she didn't know there was an assignment is what she says the professor here is a very much like um I, I don't even know her name, but she kinda has like Professor McGonagall vibes from oh, Harry Potter. That's good. Yeah. Like yeah. she's strict and mean, but we learn later on there's a little softness. She had to, to fight to get to where she is, and that's kinda what you see at the end of the movie in the salon where she says, If you're gonna let some, you know, guy take you down you're not who I think you were. Yeah. And I think that kind of shows why she's such a hard ass is because she has to be in order to keep her spot in, you know, as a professor in Harvard and be renowned and and um, taken seriously as a woman. Yeah, so lawyer Professor McGonagall, I, I think she's all, that's what I'm just going to call her because I can't remember oh her name. God. But I think she's also like, the world's going to be tough on you, so I'm going to be tough on you to get you ready for the world being tough on you. Sort those, of vibe. And those are the people who you end up thanking the most, right? At the end of the day. Yeah. The people who you were who were hard on you but knew you had the potential to be something great. So the professor Professor McGonagall, as you say, um, <laughs> calls on someone named Vivian Kensington. And Vivian agrees with the professor to throw Elle out of class because she didn't uh, wasn't she didn't come prepared. So Elle leaves. Elle leaves the the class and goes to sit on a bench to um, stew. And she actually meets the love interest of the movie, Emmett. Luke low Wilson. Key, yeah, Luke Wilson, low-key love interest um, on the bench. And he helps her out tremendously with little tidbits about her professors for the rest of our classes. And uh, Warner meets her, uh, Elle, at the benches as well. And she finds out through Warner that that preppy girl, Vivian Kensington, who got her kicked out of class, is now Warner's fiance. Dun-dun-dun, they got engaged. She's also played by Selma Blair, by the way. She is. Who's fantastic in this role. Fantastic. We had a lot of things coming together in this scene. We have, uh, we think, hey, maybe a love interest here in Luke Wilson, Emmett. Love him. We have Warner and Vivian as... Hate them. I gotta break them up, or I gotta do something, I gotta get in between them, or... She's just going to overcome them and continue to be at Harvard, which is what we come to the conclusion. Yes. Yeah. So she after this, she is completely just torn up. She decides to she's going to win back Warner. Um, but this is after she goes to the salon to get her nails done by a woman named Paulette. And this is where played by Jennifer Gulich. Jennifer Gulich, Gulich. comes in. I don't know how to do her voice. 
<laughs> Taking the dog, dumbass. It's something like that, right? Yeah, I'm not even going to try because I know I won't do it justice. Um, but after a pep talk from uh, Paulette, that's what Elle decides. She's going to win back Warner. So as an aside, multiple times in this movie, Elle Woods is either seen with a Cosmo magazine, mm-hmm. or at one point she actually mentions another character as being a Cosmo girl. Okay. It's yeah. kind of like a sideline central thing of the Cosmo's a big part of Elwood's life. Right. So I wanted to play a game with you. Okay. It's the real or fake Cosmo headlines game. Oh. Oh, this is fun. I have a list of headlines. Some of them were actually printed on the cover of Cosmo magazines. Okay. Cosmo. Some I'm okay. making up. Okay. This, okay. This is going to be good. First one. We're coming out swinging, by the way. Oh, my God. The Orgasm Whisperer. Every girl needs one. Oh, that's real. What, you know that's real? I just... It's Did you Cos- f- read that no, one? No, no, no. I didn't, <laughs> but it's Cosmo. It's Cosmo. They always focus on the orgasms. Oh, my God. Well, they don't always focus on it, but I find, like, yeah, that is a real headline. You're right. Okay. You're right. <laughs> I don't real. read a ton of magazines either, but I find whenever I'm in the grocery store and I'm in line and I'm reading the headlines, I was like, oh, It's okay. all orgasm. Yeah. Okay. Well, not, Good to know. Not all. But... Um, this one's similar. Vaginas under attack, semicolon. Don't let a greedy gyno talk you into this horrible mistake. I think that's real as well. That is real as yeah, well. Wow, yeah. good job, Sarah. <laughs> um, okay. This one is uh, a quotation. My gyno talked to my vagina. And other doc shockers. That's fake. No, that's real as well. Really? Yeah. Yeah, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> His butt. What this... <laughs> This one's fake. I can already tell. His butt with the size, shape, and pinchability, underlined, of those sweet cheeks reveal about his true self. No, if this is fake, well done. Uh. Is it fake? No, it's real. Stop. Okay, are they all real? They're all real, actually. Ah. It's funny. I, I started this game. I had the idea, and then I started looking up real Cosmo headlines, and I'm like, these are too ridiculous. I know. Like, I, I, I can't. They're like, all absurd. I feel like I was just guessing that they were all fake because there had to be one that was fake. Cause, but you but believed all of them to I, be real in some I way. I did yeah. in some way. I got three more. I'll oh, just hit yes. you with them. Okay. Meow! Exclamation mark. Like. Why acting just like a cat will get people to come to you. <laughs> Stop. That's a real headline? That's a real headline. On Cosmo. <laughs> No. Meow. Meow. Oh, <laughs> That's terrible. Um, oh, this one's good. This one's another <laughs> quote. Uh, it's a quote. Okay. Um, Vagina, are you down there? <laughs> you can't find it? E- easy fixes for freaky issues. <laughs> easy fixes for freaky issues. Oh, oh my God. God. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And last one. The last one. Last one is um a headline with like three sub bullet points. Okay. Tease him and please him. <laughs> and then there are three options for tease him and please him. No. There's the magic fingertip trick. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> the the start, stop, start technique. Start, stop, start technique. That's okay. Right. A wild new use for your loofah. <laughs> Wow. I don't, I don't I don't know how that would work. Also, like people have done studies, your loofahs are disgusting by the way. 100%. Please don't use those in a sexual connotation cuz that's uh Correct. 
I've got a question. Yeah. Like, um, do you think you know what the magic fingertip trick would be? Having read Cosmo back in the day, right? Could you fathom a guess? What? what okay, Sarah's pointing up. What does that mean? I don't Describe know. it to us. I don't know. Are you talking about some some butt stim- I stimulation? Think so. Okay. Is that what it is? I don't know. I oh. just I I copied I just, and pasted. I didn't look any I just, further into I any of these. I think that that's probably my guess. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. His butt. His butt. What the size, shape, and pinchability of those sweet cheeks reveal about his true self. I'm kind of curious what my butt well, means about myself. I'm sure it's all online. You can Google it. So at this point, Elle Woods, she's decided I'm still going to conquer Harvard despite Warner and despite Vivian. And Vivian actually invites her to a party. Yeah, Elle overhears Vivian talking to other students, inviting them to a party. And Vivian, I think reluctantly, but also in a you know, villainous way invites Elle and say, and, and tells her that it's a costume party. So we all know this is not going to end well at the party. Elle shows up in a, uh, a, bu- a playboy bunny, it's a, very, bunny yeah, a bunny exactly. suit. Let's just say a bunny suit and fitting bunny suit actually says one of the famous quotes to, um, I have some iconic lines from this movie. Later I was going to say, I've got like at least three. Yeah. And, um, she says, Oh, I like your outfit too. Except when I dress up as a frigid bitch, I try to not look so constipated. Love that line. Boom. Well, because Elle showed up at this party and it's all those frigid East coast bland people <laughs> gawking at this California blonde in a bunny suit. Yeah. The lie catching. After going to see Warner and talking to Warner at this party, Elle realizes that she will never be good enough for Warner. Even her showing up at Harvard, getting into Harvard, becoming a lawyer was still never going to be good enough for Warner. So she storms off. She then meets up with Paulette at the salon again. And one of the things that Paulette tells Elle is that her ex kept the dog. So she, Elle helps Paulette get her dog back. And it's one of the most iconic lines in this movie. And I'm not going to say it in Jennifer Coolidge voice because I'm just not going to do it Sarah, justice. you have to. No. You have to. <laughs> okay. Well. So uh, I'll set the scene for you and you can you can <laughs> deliver the line. Elle Woods and Paulette, they drive up to this. It's not even a, a trailer park. It looks like a scrapyard. <laughs> yeah. But there is a trailer in there. And Jennifer Coolidge, Paulette, knocks on the door. Her ex comes out and they have a little exchange. He's very mean to her. He is. And she is very, she's kind of a meek character. She doesn't have a whole lot of self-confidence. And she's basically getting railroaded by this guy. Until Elwood shows up and she plays the part of Paulette's lawyer. And she throws a bunch of legal jargon there and she's like... We blah 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 Makes legal no jargon. <laughs> the residence of the pet should be belonging to Paulette, and he doesn't really understand. And Paulette hits him with, "I'm taking the dog, dumbass." Oh, I think it's more like wispy, like oh. "I'm taking the dog, dumbass." Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm taking the dog, dumbass. Taking the dog, dumbass. Back at at Harvard. All of these students, the first year students, are vying for this internship with Professor Callahan. And Warner kind of tells Elle, like, you're never going to get that. Like, I don't know why you're trying. Whatever. Vivian gets the internship. Warner gets the internship. And Elle, Elle Woods gets the internship as well. We get a little montage between the party and now that, like, Elle is killing it at class. She is studying so hard. There's no fun for Elle. She is here to nail Harvard. She's answering questions. She's even at one point... Warner like argues a point yeah. in this class 
and everybody thinks that he has a pretty sound argument. And L takes it to town. She brings up a totally random counterpoint that <laughs> actually, does. I know, like she reasons it out. It does kind of make sense. It works perfectly. Yeah. So to that end, the three of them end up get with the internship. Awkward. Yes, and everyone is stunned that she got the internship. So at this point, Elle is, I think, immersed herself not in like the vibe of Harvard, but at least she's doing great in her classes. Yes. When she first arrived, she would, I would say, be suffering from a little bit of imposter syndrome. Mm, yes, Have you ever I had agree. a moment, a serious, like, I absolutely do not belong here? moment because I think Elle had multiples of those when she first arrived in Harvard at Harvard yeah I think I think we all do so when I was in college I think we've talked about this maybe there were like the, the so at my college there would be all especially around summertime there would be all these like little pamphlets or people would tape on like walls and stuff okay you know $50 an hour all summer long with blah 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 and there would be like a date and a time to go and do an interview at whatever I had no idea what I was interviewing for was I'm it a multi-level like, marketing scheme nope Okay. Uh, you know, a little bit, a little bit. Of course it was. Because here's the thing, the product, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, I, I won't say the exact brand mm, name, yeah. but it was um, door-to-door knife sales. Oh, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that is multi-level yeah, marketing. Because they would make you, they would make you buy the knives and then you would, you would mark up the sale of the knives. Oh my God. And like, here's the thing. Genuinely, the knives were pretty impressive. If you know what brand I'm talking about, you might you might know what's up. Oh, I love this because they did demonstrations. <laughs> but I was in a room with like ten other people, and they were like doing these demonstrations with the knives. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then once they got to the yeah, so you pay the cost of the knives, right. but it's at like a wholesale price. When you sell it to other people, you're gonna go door to door and you're gonna sell it at a markup. I'm like. No, this is horrible. <laughs> this is really bad. I'm in the wrong. I'm in the wrong location. In the wrong room. Yeah. This is not for me. Yeah, <laughs> I is... love that. <laughs> How much for the knives to buy? Probably a lot of money. Oh, I think a couple hundred. Yeah, for sure. too yeah. much. Too much. It was not good. And here's the thing. I like there was like an area with some food and coffee. You took the food and coffee. Well, so I went to the food and coffee. I took off my sunglasses. And then, and I really liked the sunglasses. And then the group oh, interview no. was in another room. You left them. So I couldn't leave because I had to go into the other room to get my sunglasses. So I'm like, I'm stuck here for this two-hour presentation. Oh, oh my gosh. I don't think I'll get sued. It's Cutco was the company. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if they exist anymore. They might not. It's a bad marketing plan. We're like, we're going to get hot college kids to sell say, our knives? I was going to say, wrong audience. You know, they yeah. didn't understand the assignment. Yeah. I would have done horribly at that, I'm sure. And you know what? Door-to-door sales is really hard. For okay, nineteen year old yeah. Devin would have sucked at that. That would have been horrible. Yeah. But the the core concept of the business is that I already bought the knives. Right. I'm reselling. They've got them. their money. Yeah. yeah. They've they've have their money at the wholesale price, which probably isn't even the, really the wholesale price. Yeah. Nah. For sure. <laughs> no. So, like I said, Elle Woods gets the internship with Professor Callahan. The case is a murder case with Brooke Taylor, saying that she murdered her husband and was found standing over the dead body by the stepdaughter, Chutney. What a name. Chutney. Chutney. That's what I put on my toast. I don't actually put <laughs> Chutney on my toast. But... You just really need to make that joke. <laughs> well, it's just because that's what Chutney is. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so this is your favorite, your best scene then. Oh my God, Elwood's goes back to the spa. The salon. The, the salon, my bad. 
<laughs> and Paulette, there's been a guy, a delivery man, who she's been fawning over, but every time he shows up, she just has no self-confidence. So Reese Witherspoon, Elle Woods, gets the entire salon. She tells them th- this trick. It works 100% of the time. It's called the bend and snap. I think I dropped something on the floor that I need to pick up. So you bend and snap. And I love how... Here's I the like thing. how you moved your arms up, too. Oh, because you got to do the arm movement. <laughs> I think so many comedies try to do like a really stupid, funny moment like this. Yeah. And it's so hard to pull it off really well. Because I think if another movie did this, I'd be like, this is so stupid, a bend and snap. But for some reason... I know. And you know what I'm going to say? It's the secret sauce of the movie. It is. Somehow, this moment is just wildly funny to me. I love it. I'm (laughs) beaming when I watch it. It's the bend and snap. And she gets... Come on, girls. Let's all go. Bend and snap. And, like, different ones do it. And she's like, that one's great, Jennifer. And, like, (laughs) she's cheering them on. Paulette's doing it, like... Less bend, more snap, Paulette, you know? It is when you think of Legally Blonde, you think of a few things. And this is the first thing you think of is bend and snap. snap. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Hands down. So Elle goes to to the jail where Brooke Taylor is currently being held. So a side story here is that Elle Woods actually did some classes with Brooke Taylor. She got her uh, fame and fortune from doing like, I don't know, is it spin exercise, cycle? Yeah, yeah, exercise workout videos, I think. So Elle Woods is like, there's no way that Brooke Taylor could have murdered her husband. She's all about Brooke Taylor's got to be innocent. And when Elle Woods goes back to the jail to have a quick conversation with Brooke to Taylor. To get her alibi. To get her alibi, we learn that Brooke Taylor's deep, dark secret is that she gets butt fillers. She gets lipo. Oh, she gets lipo. My bad. Not butt fillers. Uh, but, she gets lipo. Butt fillers are really hot right now, so that's why. <laughs> I think I might have just imagined that she said butt fillers because it's very popular. No, yeah, you're right. She she gets lipo. And and that's why, because the legal team has been asking Brooke Taylor, like, just give us an alibi. It will absolve you from everything if we can prove where you were. And Brooke is like, well, no, I built this empire off of this thing but work out. I, I can't yeah. yeah i can't it'll ruin her reputation so now l woods is the only one who knows yes. what the alibi is and she tells the legal team i know what the alibi is she definitely didn't kill him and when the team's like well tell us what the alibi is this is another thing i love about l woods she does have a razor focused moral compass yes and she even though it could immediately solve the case she won't tell the rest of the legal team what the alibi is. And even we get an interesting moment with Warner because he's like, dude, like, what does it matter? Like, who cares about Brooke Taylor? We're just here to win a case. He doesn't care about the person. No. He has no empathy for the person. Correct. He just wants to win. Exactly. Yeah. He just wants the the notches in his belt of the cases he's won. Bingo. And, you know, who cares about the actual person? Which which you do see evidently, like, throughout the movie, his character, like, he doesn't actually care about people. He just cares about being at the top. So after that, Vivian stops by Elle Wood's uh, room to grab the depositions and tries to play nice, which... At first I saw the scene and I hadn't I haven't seen this movie in a really long time. It's been it's been quite a while and I was like, "Oh no, like I was suspicious." Yes, I was like, "Oh, does Vivian backstab her? I can't remember." But she genuinely is trying to be a nice person and and like I said, I couldn't remember if she was going to backstab her later on, but I was happy that Vivian's trying to play nice. So the day of the trial comes and first up is the daughter Chetney, the ex-wife 
of um, the the mur- the person murdered and the pool boy. L makes a breakthrough on the case that there's no way Brooke could have had an affair with the pool boy because he's gay. Yeah, the pool boy gets on the stand and he implies that he had an affair, but um, she meets him at the water fountain. Don't stomp your little last season Prada shoes at me, honey. L runs in and says, oh my gosh, gay men know designers, straight men don't. Because she then asks Warner, like, what, what kind of shoes am I wearing? And he's like, black. Professor Callahan is just like, we, we get little hints that maybe yeah. he's a little bit either misogynist or uh, yeah. something of the like. He brushes that away like, listen, this isn't your little sorority girl club meeting. Like, this is a serious case. And he doesn't want to deal with whatever her stuff is. Emmett, however, yes. after the cross-examination with uh, Professor Callahan, Emmett is like, hey, do you mind if I take a quick run at the pool boy? <laughs> and Callahan's like, sure, whatever. Did you ever take Mrs. Wyndham on a date? Yes. Where? A restaurant in Concord where no one could recognize us. And how long have you been sleeping with Mrs. Wyndham? Three months. And your boyfriend's name is? Chuck. Right. <laughs> it was actually, honestly, one of my, <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Not my best scene, but it's so funny. Oh, the writing was just so quick, right? Like, it oh. was just the the banter back and forth between Emmett and the pool boy. It was just so, He was so, asking so, him so quick, quick fire yeah. questions, and eventually he's like, Love what's it. your boyfriend's name? He's like, Marcus. <laughs> and Emmett's like, oh, okay, thank you. And then he's like, no, 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 we're just friends. And then <laughs> yeah, Marcus stands yeah. up at the back of the courtroom and like, you asshole, and <laughs> yeah. stomps off. And we, like, once again, we do get the the physical evidence that, like, Elle Woods is not bad at this. No, she's really she good. She picks up lots, on things that other people don't. Lots of potential, lots of potential, Absolutely. yes. So later on that night, her professor, Professor Callahan, um, tells her to come to his office, and he does, he hits on her, tries to make a pass at her, and Vivian sees this, and on her way out, um, Elle takes the elevator, and uh, Vivian says something really rude to her, saying, like, you know, this is how you're going to get ahead, this is how you got the internship, like, just really, really shitty, Vivian's like, I should have known. Um, well, a subplot here, too, is that Vivian has been complaining to Elle that Callahan just uses her as the coffee person. Correct. Like, just, Vivian just gets her coffee, and Elle Woods kind of had a little bit of camaraderie over that, where Elle's like, yeah, he's kind of a he's kind of a, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's a little bit sure. misogynist. So I think Vivian saw that as a little bit of betrayal, but she didn't know, was disgusted yeah. by that advance by Callahan, and now that Vivian has called her out on it mistakenly, Elle just doesn't want any part of Harvard anymore. She's yeah. leaving. She only gets to the salon to she say goodbye does. to Paulette. Yeah. And she tells Paulette the whole story. And then who is in the salon as well? <laughs> Professor McGonagall. She's there. Actually, <laughs> Getting her hair done. Stromwell. Sarah yes. looked it up. It's Stromwell. But I'm going to continue to call her Professor McGonagall That's because fine. it's so similar. <laughs> and then we have uh, we have the moment that you had talked about previously where yeah. Stromwell McGonagall's like, Listen, if, if you're, you're going to let, let this D-bag... Yeah, if you're going to let one stupid prick ruin your life, you're not the girl I thought you were. And this gives Elle Woods the fire. The fire! I'm going to get back into it. Yes. And she actually talks to Brooke Taylor, and Brooke mm-hmm. Taylor fires yes. Professor Callahan. Because, like, let's be honest, he was never in her court anyway. No. Brooke Taylor fires Callahan, yeah. and through some legal loophole... Right, the legal loophole. Which also, is this in your quick facts? <laughs> no. Totally not a thing. I know. It, it's kind of a thing, but you can't do it mid-trial, and you need to be a third-year law student, not a first-year law student. Okay, so it wasn't in my quick facts. I figured you would you would look it up. Yeah, so I did. But Good. okay, so what happens is that Brooke Taylor, there's some legal thing where you are allowed to have a law student represent you as long as there is... Um, an actual lawyer presiding over everything right. on your behalf. 
like I said, not totally possible, but it's Hollywood. It's a movie. It's a great movie. Who the f*** is? Yeah. <laughs> so Elle Woods uh, is now representing Brooke Taylor with yes. the support of Emmett. She begins questioning Chutney, and this is my best scene. Okay, this is also my best scene. Okay. So I, I, like, I almost just want people to watch it because it's just such an epic scene. Like, this is... Next to the bend and snap, the most iconic scene with the perm. Like, because isn't it the first cardinal rule of perm maintenance that you're forbidden to wet your hair for at least 24 hours after getting a perm at the risk of deactivating the ammonium thyglocolate? Yes. And wouldn't somebody who's had, say, 30 perms before in their life be well aware of this rule? And if, in fact, you weren't washing your hair, as I suspect you weren't because your curls are still intact, wouldn't you have heard the gunshot? Where Chutney literally spits out that she thought it was Brooke coming through the door and not her father. And that's why she shot, because she thought it was Brooke and she wanted to kill Brooke because she's like, did you did you know that she's my age, that she's the same age as me? How do you think you'd feel if your father married somebody your age? Elwood still solves this in such like <laughs> a blonde California way because she's like, you would know the first rule of perm hair care is you don't wet your hair for 24 hours after the perm. And after the trial's done, she makes her case. She wins. She says the rules of hair care are simple and come <laughs> The rules of hair care are simple and finite. Any Cosmo girl would have known. That back to the Cosmo thing. <laughs> Orgasms and hair care. That's that's all we know about. I guess that's really, you know, what you need. And men's butt cheeks. And what does it mean cheeks. about their personality? Yeah, yeah. So she wins the case and basically Warner's like, Oh, I I want you back and she goes, No. If I'm going to be a partner in a law firm by the time I'm thirty, I don't need to date a bonehead like you. Yeah, she moves on from Warner, which is amazing. We do get a flash forward three years into the future. Yeah, two, two or three, three years, yeah. Graduation. Yes. Elle Woods. Victorian. That's right. She's top of the class. She does the speech to the graduates. And we do get, Sarah's going to love this, a very satisfying, here's where they ended up. Yes. Like a uh, little like screen grab. And then Warner didn't amount to anything. He yeah. was near the bottom of his class. <laughs> Loser. Yeah. Um, Emmett went, uh, left Callahan's, um, practice, practice and went on to do his own thing. He's also going to propose to Elle Woods later on. Elle has multiple offers, blah, blah, blah. We get a very satisfying end to the movie. We do. And I loved it. One quick thing before we jump into our quick facts, this movie had both a sequel and a spinoff movie. Were you aware of this? Yes, I was aware. Legally Blonde 2, Red, White, and Blonde, which Mm -hmm. actually still starred Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. It did fairly well at the box office. It did, yeah. Horrible among critics. Not many people liked it. Then we also had, here's where it falls off big time, a straight-to-DVD spinoff. Terrible. Legally Blondes. Blondes. Two of them. (laughs) I find this happens so friggin' much, and I want to talk about it. It's the list of, you ruined good things. Ugh, yeah. Here are the nominees for, you ruined a good thing. It's it's movies that had, like, one big peak like breakout star and then mm-hmm. you just kept on doing stuff and it kind of diminishes the original. Okay. For example, Bring It On. Oh God. I, I think Bring It On is the incumbent champion I here. I think you're so right because the first one was epic. Like so, so well done. That is like a classic. And then we had Bring It On Again. Yeah. We had Bring It On All or Nothing. <laughs> yes. We had yes. Bring It On. That one, that one was with Hayden Panettiere. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we had Bring It On In It to Win It. Oh. Bring it on, fight to the finish. No. Bring it on, worldwide. Oh, see, I thought there were only three. 
no, we talked about this when we did the Bring It On episode. Oh, that there's yes, like yes, yes. You're right. There is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is our champion. Like, we can just put that right on the top of the list. Agreed. For, you, you had an amazing movie. And then why Why are there like seven of these yeah. that suck? Next up. Okay. Home Alones. Oh, I know. Because Home Alone 1 and 2 are amazing. Oh, absolutely. Home Alone 3, though. Was Home Alone 3 not good? Well, I, think I don't think I've ever seen it. changed the kid, right? After oh, it was Macaulay yes. Culkin. You can't change the kid. Because then there's Home Alone Four. No. And then there's Home Alone: The Holiday Heist. I don't even think anybody knows about. That. Oh, I don't. I don't know about that. I wouldn't watch it. Yeah. And then Disney. I, I think it was Disney Plus. Some of the, one of the streaming services recently was like, let's reboot Home Alone. No. Home sweet Home Alone. <laughs> why do they do that? I know. That's why. That's why there's a list. Ruining a good thing. You ruined it. It was a good God. thing. The Terminator movies. I know this is more like action, but there was Oof. Terminator 1 and 2, which were great. Yeah. Then they yeah. had Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Okay. Terminator Salvation. Terminator Genesis. Terminator Dark Fate. They started to but sound I, like Marvel movies. Yeah, but I feel like they can make Terminator movies and people still go and see them. Oh, it's kind of like Fast and the Furious. Okay. I was wondering if you had this on there, but I was going to ask you, is it like Fast and the Furious? Here's the key difference, though. Mm-hmm. Is that those movies still make money and people still like them? Whereas God. Terminator Salvation, for example, oh. I know was abysmal at the box <gasps> office. Really? Terminator Genesis, I don't know if anybody went to see that. Like things that they sunk money into that just didn't pan out. Because uh, they probably thought, right? Because one of them had Amelia Clark in it. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think they thought that, that would having Amelia Clark off of Game of Thrones would make them some cash money at the box office. Yeah. So I'm making this list either box office bombs or you just knew it was crap and you did a straight to DVD movie. Mm. The Mask also gets like an honorable mention, I think, because they did The Son of Mask. Remember that? Oh, God. The Son of the Mask. That would have been really bad. Men in Black, because Men in Black 1, 2 was good. Men in Black. Men in Black 3, not so much. Men in Black International, yes, which I think came out either during the pandemic or, or before like the pandemic. Right before, yeah. So that one didn't do as well. And Mean Girls had a sequel that I feel like nobody Kay. knows about. Mean Girls sequel was brutal. Oh, was it bad? Oh God, you know, it. I don't think it was written by Tina Fey, but don't quote me on that. But it was just one of those things where it's like stick with a good thing, like yeah. at least bring back some of the cast, and you can change the plot, like of. Or, or not have them in high school anymore. Like, just don't, don't do what you did. Yeah. It was just bad. It was really bad. Quick facts. In Reese Witherspoon's contract, she was able to keep all of her costumes after filming. A perfect score on the LSAT exam is 180. L scores a 179, which puts her in the top 0.1%. The Chihuahua who plays Bruiser was named Mooney. He died on March 10th, 2016 at the age of 18. Elle Woods wears 40 different hairstyles throughout this movie, and more than 30 scarves were used as accessories throughout this movie by Elle. To prepare for her role as Elle Woods, Reese Witherspoon spent two weeks studying the behavior of sorority girls as she didn't want to portray a stereotypical airhead sorority image. She states on the DVD commentary that, they're, that they were all very kind and polite, and she enjoyed her time with them. She also observed women shopping uh, from the cafe at Neiman Marcus and attended law school for a day. Elle Woods was named after Elle magazine. Amanda Brown, author of Legally Blonde, the novel on which the, the movie is based, spent her time at Stanford Law School reading copies of Elle magazine. 
During the opening credits, a group of mostly guys is seen wrestling on a lawn in front of the fraternity house. These folks are actual Caltech students and were a last second uh, addition to the scene. They showed up on the set unannounced and were invited to join the filming. We see Elle Woods brushing her hair behind the opening credits. This is not Reese Witherspoon as she was in England finishing The Importance of Being Earnest uh, that came out in 2002. While at Stanford, sourcebook author uh, Amanda Brown uh, wrote letters back home regarding her inability to fit in with her classmates. Again, Legally Blonde was inspired by Amanda's real-life experience at Stanford Law. Later, she uh, made a manuscript based on those letters and sent it to an agent who was drawn to it because it was the only manuscript submitted and written on pink paper. This is referenced in this movie through Elle Woods' scented pink resumes. On her first day, Elle comments that whoever said orange is the new pink is seriously disturbed. This is a reference to producer Mark Platt's other production, Josie and the Pussycats, in which teenagers are brainwashed into thinking orange is the new pink. In the novel, Elle is a member of Delta Gamma, an international sorority which is part of the Panhellenic Conference. It was changed to Delta Nu to avoid problems with the real organization. When Elle Woods arrives for the first time at Harvard in her hot pink outfit and convertible, one of the students coincidentally refers to her as Malibu Barbie as she steps onto the campus. Mattel later released a promotional Legally Blonde-themed Barbie doll for the release of the Legally Blonde 2 Red, White, and Blonde that was released in 2003. This movie is also often referred to by fans and audiences as an unofficial live-action adaptation of Barbie. Charlize Theron, Gwyneth Paltrow, Alicia Silverstone, Katherine Heigl, Christina Applegate, and Jennifer Love Hewitt were all considered for Elle Woods. See, I like Alicia Silverstone, but I think it's too close to Clueless Ooh. in terms of when they when they were released. Agreed, agreed. Some of them I could see playing them, though. Christina Applegate. Elle Woods says she grew up in Bel Air across the street from Aaron Spelling. Spelling's daughter Tori was considered for the role of Elle as well. Aerial photography of Harvard College and surrounding streets of Cambridge, Massachusetts were edited into exterior shots taken of similar types of locations in California. Great attention was paid to the backgrounds of these exterior shots to create these different seasons, including painting leaves fall colors and having people positioned in trees, dropping the painted leaves behind the actors and actresses in their scenes. That's hilarious. Dedication. When she was auditioning for Legally Blonde, Reese Witherspoon was advised to dress sexily because the director thought she was a shrew and needed to prove them wrong. The Broadway musical based on this movie opened at the Palace Theatre on April 29, 2007 and ran for 595 performances, closing on October 19, 2008. The musical was written by Lawrence O'Keefe uh, with Laura Bell Bundy starring as Elle Woods. Bundy was nominated for the 2007 Tony Award for Actress in a Musical. If you Google the film title, you can see a shining pink handbag belong that belongs to Elle Woods. Just click on it to find out more about the movie. Wow. Reese Witherspoon and Selma Blair appeared um, together in Cruel Intentions. That came out in 1999. Love that movie. I Message us on Instagram or email. I, I think we should rewatch that, but it is kind of... Not a rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a Not a close rom-com. enough departure that we could get away with it. Let okay, me know. Okay. I love that movie. Emmett jokingly asks Elle, how do you think I would look as a blonde? This was a reference to Wilson's real-life brother, Owen, who looks similar, but with blonde hair. <laughs> In the German-dubbed version, the name of Elle's chihuahua bruiser was switched to Brutus. 
actress Jessica Schaffiel, who played the sorority sister Margot, revealed in July 2021 to the New York Times in an article celebrating the film's 20th anniversary that one of the first endings shown to test audiences hinted at a potential uh, lesbian romance between Elle and Vivian Kensington. Uh, She went on to say it showed Elle and Vivian in Hawaii in beach chairs drinking margaritas and holding hands. The insinuation was either that they were best friends or that they had gotten together romantically. Um, The the actress Alana Eubach, who played Serena, so the other uh, sorority girl, recalled the same ending, but the screenwriters told the publication that they had never wrote that scene. In early drafts of the script, Vivian was named Sarah and Professor Callahan's last name was Donovan. Vivian is much more, uh, I don't know if it's regal or if it's just Vivian. You know, I think about Vivian <laughs> Prestigious. Banks from Fresh Prestigious. Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In Elle's video essay, when asked, do you know what happened on Days of Our Lives yesterday? She replied that the audience was following Hope as she tries to find her identity after being brainwashed by the evil Stefano Demira. This was an actual storyline on the television series Days of Our Lives when the movie was released. Neither the confrontation with Warner Huntington III outside the courtroom nor the final graduation scene was part of the original script. When this movie was tested, audiences were so wrapped up in Elle Woods' story that they were disappointed that she never got her revenge on Warner, and they also wanted to know what happened to her in the end. Did she become a lawyer after all? The two scenes, um, they had to be shot in England because Reese Witherspoon and Matthew Davis were both there filming. She was filming The Importance of Being Earnest while he was filming another project at the time. Uh, The Great Hall of Dulwich College in London played Harvard Law School. Uh, During the graduation scene, only Witherspoon and Davis were actually present. Shots of Jennifer Coolidge, Selma Blair, Luke Wilson, and other supporting cast members were filmed in L.A. And the whole thing was edited together later. Witherspoon and Wilson were wearing wigs. Uh, Reese Witherspoon had cut her hair short since finishing filming, and she was much paler than in court. And um, Luke Wilson had shaved his head for the Royal uh, Tenenbaums in 2001 and had a much deeper tan. However, since two years had elapsed, it was acceptable. I'm surprised you don't have this on your quick facts that it was sold to the studio as being a completely different movie. I yes, I did. Um, but then I there's so many of them. I can't I can't do them all. So uh, I read that it was originally like much more of a raunchy, like wet T-shirts, kind of like American Pie, pie vibe. vibe. And um, the director kind of just hated that. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And he was shooting for more of a progressively feel good, maybe a little bit of female empowerment you know vibe to it instead i'm happy they did that because it was me too it was about her journey through law school and becoming a self-sufficient independent woman who didn't rely on you know um getting her nails done her hair done right like being an airhead i think it makes you root for elwood's character more that she has such a strong moral compass you know sure she loves the salon but she's also good at what she does Mm -hmm. she's smart she's motivated she's passionate I wanted to win. Yeah. And I think if they were making it more raunchy, I would just dislike her character probably. Yeah. And I think it would have changed the movie quite a bit. Right. Um, so lastly, there is a third movie in the works with Reese Witherspoon reprising her role as Elle Woods. She's also producing it. I've got something for that later on. Okay. Right before our rewatchability, we can circle back to that because I think that's a big point. There's been a lot made of that over the last couple of years of, Hey, there's something new coming for Legally Blonde. Yes. Yes. 
honorable mentions okay so my honorable mention because it's not my best scene but uh honorable mention is the bend and snap scene oh so good um i also wanted to honorably honorably mention uh luke wilson i think this is the best movie for me for him with that he's in i mean i haven't seen a ton of movies that he's been in but i love him in this movie i think he's so cute luke wilson is such a tough actor because you know what's he been in like i can't really remember i know he was in old school yeah like he's just kind of that like third guy in so many movies much like this and i and i wonder how like owen wilson lands the roles and luke doesn't right does he because they're both very charming yeah does he choose to be more of a side character and not a front lead like i don't know you know i I just i'm gonna have to ask him next time i see him yeah (laughs) let's get him on the pod see see how he feels about stuff yeah uh, what should have been? Oh, sorry. My honorable mention. I yeah. didn't even do my honorable. It's just Bruiser. I feel like oh my gosh, Bruiser is such a hokey. Much like the Bend and Snap, there are other movies that make like a pet a central figure. Yes, and so often it's like annoying or cheesy or stupid. <laughs> they Bruiser, don't do a good job. Bruiser is in this movie just enough. Yes. Yeah. 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 To like set up L as being this sorority girl, whatever. But it's not so much that I'm like, oh, the dog again. Like even in the courtroom scene. Notice when um, Chutney talks about the perm and then talking about the shower. Yeah. Bruiser like gets up and barks because somehow Bruiser realizes that the perm is an issue, (laughs) as does Elle. And it's not like so obvious that I'm like, oh, the friggin' dog. But it's like, oh, there's Bruiser. Like, oh, Bruiser. Bruiser knows. Bruiser's a vegetarian Gemini. He, oh of course God. he knows. Of course he knows. Have you seen the second one? No. Okay, because it's a lot about Bruiser. See, and that 100%, I can see why people would hate that, because this was just enough Bruiser. Yeah, it it, uh, it it is, there's a big part of Bruiser in the next one. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, what should have been? Okay, so uh, see, I like the ending of this movie, because I got my little, my ending, right? Like, I got my little, you know, Emmett's going to propose to Elle tonight, yeah. and, and figuring out. So I don't have a what should have been for this. See, I agree, but I disagree. I think we should have had just a little tiny bit more. We went through all the main characters. in the. You're, you're talking about the, and this is what this person's yes. going to do, and Warner was the bottom of his class, mm-hmm. and Elle is going to go on to do all these great things. I wanted to see what, like, the other students, like David, for example, and is her name Enid? Enid? Something like that? Enid. Enid. We didn't get one for them. Oh, that's We didn't true. get a Professor yeah. McGonagall. We didn't get a Callahan. Mm, true. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would have liked just a few more, like, Callahan is retiring due to uh, loss in fame and business or something like that. Yeah. Just a couple more. You you needed more, you know? You needed the closure. In this movie, I actually did enjoy the closure. They did it great. And before we get into rewatchability, Sarah mentioned this at the end of the Quick Facts. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, I don't know if it's a sequel or a reboot or whatever. There's a new Illegally Blonde thing in the works. Yes. Reese Witherspoon is going to star, and she's also a producer, but here's something that I picked out. Mindy Kaling is one of the lead writers on this. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Here's a scenario for you. Okay. You are Reese Witherspoon. You had a massive movie in the 2000s, like Alicia Silverstone, Clueless. Yep. We're doing a sequel, or we're, do- we're doing a next step 20 years from now of 10 Things I Hate About You, or whatever it is, is the big movie that you were in. Okay. Who do you want writing mm. and helming that project if you are the Reese Witherspoon? Okay. Here's a here's a few options. Tina Fey, Amy Schumer, Mindy Kaling, who is the person on this one, Ali Wong, Rebel Wilson, Amy Poehler, Kristen Wiig. Ooh. Those are the, I, I think they 
wonder i think we want a female writer on this right yeah yeah and they've all done roles or they've all written or produced mm-hmm. movies I'm that surprised are you didn't say maya rudolph oh maya rudolph is a great idea like with the Kristen wig match like, i think i was good. thinking about bridesmaids as like oh, a comparable down. if you wrote bridesmaids you could write a sequel to legally blonde see right? i would I'd pick Mindy because she is such a phenomenal writer. She wrote before she acted quite a bit and was very much so behind the scenes. She's such a good writer. Like she is a very good writer. So I actually completely agree with you. That's why I brought up this list because I read that it was Mindy Kaling and I actually thought I'm like, wow, like that might be the perfect choice. And then I felt the need to like, let me write this down. Who, who else could do it? Mm-hmm. And do I still like Mindy Kaling? And the answer is I do. I wouldn't mind a Rebel Wilson. Oh, see, no, I can't see Rebel Wilson. Really? No, see, I can see Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph doing that or Tina Fey. Tina Fey, her Mean Girls is masterpiece. Yeah. I think she could do a really good job at doing a like more modern day Legally Blonde 3, right? Yeah. Like, I think she'd do a really good job. My other one was, I, I just think the... Um, the subject matter of Ali Wong. We we don't have enough oh, from yeah, her. Yeah. Always Be My Maybe is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of her stand-up, but like, I don't know how much more Ali Wong's done. I think she could do it, but I just, we need a bigger sample size. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, But yeah, Mindy Kaling, I completely agree. I'm like, I think that is probably- Solid choice. The best person. Like, yeah. not even a solid choice, like the perfect choice. Mm-hmm. What do you think will be the premise for the movie? And who, like, I feel like it's not going to be- uh, solely based around Elle Woods being a lawyer. Right. I think she'll probably pass the baton. So who would replace Elle Woods as like the main, like, you know, up and coming lawyer or who the, the main character of the, the movie? That's a great question. Do we do, I don't think we want it to be too similar to the original, but I agree. Like Reese Witherspoon is a producer. So I feel like she's going to have some kind of, I think about Elizabeth Banks producing the Pitch Perfect movies. Right. Like she's in it. Yeah. She's like, a supporting actress. Or is she like, is she a professor? That's what I mean. Is she the, yeah. now the Professor McGonagall right. of, of this story? Maybe like a Haley Steinfelds? Yeah. She's not blonde, but she's... No, I mean, does she have to be blonde, right? Like, does it have to... That's oh, it. it's legally blonde. But still, so, yes. Reese Witherspoon <laughs> is the blonde, so... True, true. Like, yeah, does Elle Woods have like almost like a, an equal part in the movie, like in the lead? Like, I'm just trying to think of who would reprise... Or sorry, who would take over for that that lead role, or is it like a dual lead role? I don't know. Is it is it like um like the comedy movie version of Suits where oh. Elle Woods is the partner? Harvey Specter? Yeah. Or what, what's the what's the the chick in that who runs Jessica? The, Jessica is she the Jessica? Ah, and she's hiring like somebody. Like a Haley Steinfeld or a somebody yeah. as a junior lawyer and they need to See, I don't know learn if, the role. Yeah, I don't know if Haley Steinfeld, if it's too close to Pitch Perfect for me. You know who else I could see um, doing doing the lead role is Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, I like She's that. She's at the forefront right now doing lots of stuff, Stranger Things. Yeah. Is she got too lots young going on. I think if they do her, they go back to the university days. Yes. Oh, I, I see. Yeah. I would like them to go back to the university days. I think that's fun. I think that was a really fun plot line. Um, I could also see, see, and I don't think that sh- they would choose her. I mean, one, she's not blonde either. None of these, none of these people are blonde. But um, Lily Collins, who's doing... Um, oh. Um, well, we just did Love Rosie. Well, yes, we just oh. did Love Rosie. But I think she would be really good. But she has the... Emily in Paris deal Emily, going Yeah, on. she's doing Emily in Paris. So I think, like, 
and that is such a success. I don't know if you'd want to mix that right away with like Emily well, in Paris and who is doing... producing it because I find Netflix. I find Netflix hires actors and actresses on like these four or five movie contracts and they just like wedge people into shit like, they hey, do. you guys want Noah Centineo in this? Or like, <laughs> is is Lana Condor going to be in this movie yeah. just because they're like, she's hired. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. like, not to say that she's not a fantastic oh, actress. Oh, no, she's great. But... She could be do the Legally Blonde thing too. But that, like, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. I, I quite liked her in all of the To All the Boys movies. Fantastic, yes. Why not? Yeah. I mean, she's not blonde, but no. like, aside from that, again, why not? again, we haven't chosen a blonde, but I don't, I don't necessarily know if she, they have to be blonde, but yeah. Rewatchability. So my rewatchability is as follows: chemistry four point eight. Mostly, it's just Reese Witherspoon's chemistry with every other person, um, not specifically Luke Wilson. I think she just does amazing. Storyline five, thirst factor five, imagination. Five soundtrack a four point five cheese five. This movie is so close to perfect. I and also the pacing of it re- was great. I find some movies from the two thousands. There's a lull about an hour in where I'm like, all oh, right. I I remember being bored around this point. There was not a moment during this movie where I was bored. I was laughing. I was enjoying myself. It's such a satisfying watch. That is a four point eight three. Out of five, it's so close to a perfect movie. Still. Okay, so my rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry, 4.6. Storyline, 5. Thirst Factor, 4.6. Imagination, 4.3. Soundtrack, 5. Cheese, 5. For an overall score of 4.75 out of 5. Woo! And this has been the rom-com rewind of Legally Blonde. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, subscribe, follow leave some reviews if you want to reach out if you heard something you want to talk more about we love that at romcom rewind on instagram you can email romcom rewind at gmail.com thanks for listening